Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Did somebody say playoffs? Playoffs? The NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Here on Believe in Lions, we're thinking the Detroit Lions are a sneaky good bet this year. Yeah, you heard it here first. So take full advantage of sports being back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Believe, B-L-E-A-V, and Lions, right here on the Believe Podcasting Network. You know what that is. That's Detroit's number one sports podcasting network. I say it every week. This is where we believe in the Detroit Lions, and by the end of this episode, so will you. And the reason I know that is because we've got the one and only Benny Blades on the line. Benny, how you doing this week? I'm doing just wonderful this week. You are holding down South Florida. I'm here in Michigan. I'm about three weeks away. I think it's 25 days until the Detroit Lions strap it up against the Chicago Bears. So uh, that's exciting. We got lots to talk about on the show today. And our focus today on this week's episode is going to be defense. I thought if there's one topic I can do and I can bring to you, it's defense. So I thought we'd talk all about the defensive side of the ball today. You ready to do this? I'm ready to do it, but I don't know. I don't know very much about defense. I'll I'll, I'll try to dive in a little bit and try to explain to the people just a little bit. <laughs> oh man, I, uh, I I think you know a little something something uh, about that side of the football. But uh, before we get to that, I mean, I just want to bring it up. I know it's not our favorite topic, but it is the topic of the day. And I want to give the Lions a little bit of credit because the Lions, you know, right when everybody came back to the facility, had a bunch of COVID tests. You know, Matt Stafford had a false positive. All these top players were uh, either testing positive or were, were going on this list. But they've had thousands of tests since and haven't had one positive. I feel like they've done everything under their power to keep everybody safe. The NFL has done really well. I think it's it's really swung where everybody's pretty positive that we're going to get some NFL football um, on schedule and ready to go. So I think that's a good thing. I just wanted to bring that up off the top. Lions have done well. NFL's done well. And, uh, you know, keeping these tests down, which is great to see. Well, I'm, I'm just glad we're, we're keeping those tests down because uh, I, I just don't want to, like, talk about this COVID situation too, too much. Um, great job by the um, organization over there. Benny, if you had to guess, when does this go away? When are we done with all this? Um, if I was a betting man like 45 is, um, 
And, you know, he said it's a myth. It's a hoax. It's not out there. But, you know, everybody from Dr. Fauci, who's uh, the world's leading infectious disease guy, says, I don't know, Dirk. I don't know when this thing is going to go away because, you know, people kind of take their directives from people in charge. And so when you got two people that are in charge, one who's world-renowned for, you know, for dealing with infectious diseases says one thing, but 45 says something else. You know, people are not really taking this thing serious, and, you know, they just think it's a, a, a normal flu virus. And so I just want people to just protect themselves and, you know, know that this thing is, is, is serious, it's, it's real. You know, it's just like waking up in the morning, you know. If you've dealt with some of the things I've dealt with in the last two weeks, you know that it's real because I, I've, I've lost some some really key loved ones, you know, over the you know, last couple of weeks. And so I just want people to stay safe. Please stay safe. That's a good message, Benny, no doubt. And I got to say, when, when you said 45 and betting man, I, I thought about my guy, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, uh, to be honest. <laughs> I was, I was trying, <laughs> trying to figure out what you were putting together there, but uh uh, I, I got you now. And like you say, good, uh, good stuff. Just sort of reminding people to be safe, but, um, you know, let's, let's get to football here and, uh, some other news and notes with the lions. I wanted to bring this up to you off the top. So for weeks and weeks on all my other podcasts where I talk about the lions, I was, I was saying the lions need to go out and get this guy Everson Griffin. He's played in Minnesota the last couple of years. He seems to wreak havoc on the Lions whenever they play them. He's he's sacking Matt Stafford. He's just blowing up our offensive line. Big old beast, you know, 6'5", 275-pound edge rusher. And this guy's been on the free agent market, and I was like, this is a perfect fit for the Lions. Why don't they go get this guy? And they just sat around and waited it out, waited it out. All of a sudden, this guy goes and signs with the Dallas Cowboys. Like, very frustrating for me because he, he went for six million bucks and I felt like he would have fit in great in Detroit. He's got a few issues, um, no doubt about it, but he just seemed like a perfect fit. I mean, well, do you think, this, thing that, do you think uh, they got pass rush? Do they need it? I mean, what do you think about this? Well, you can always, 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 you see I said that three times, always <laughs> Yeah. have, you can't have enough pass rushing experts. Those those guys come a dime a dozen. Uh, and, you know, the, the thing is, I I look at from when I played, you know, when you had guys like Robert Porsche, Tracy Scroggins coming off the end, you knew that we were going to get pressure on the quarterback. And so when you get a guy like this, this Griffin guy, you know, and he's been your, <laughs> your nemesis for the last – you know, two, three years, however long that he's been in Minnesota, and he's been giving Matthew Stafford a headache, you know, the only thing I can see why we have not even looked at this guy is, you know, his character maybe off the field or it was here a nuisance in the locker room. I mean, you know, you got to, you got to, when when a guy sits out on the market and he goes for a low ball price of six million dollars to the Dallas Cowboys, you know Jerry Jones will, will, will pick up a guy who has a few off-field issues. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just wondering, like you said, you know, the Lions needed a a great pass rusher, and 
you know, I don't, I don't know why they wouldn't even just roll the dice on this guy. You know, just for for one year, let's see what he, you know, he, what he can do to our defensive line. Benny, I, I don't want to get you all fired up because I know before we got into it about, uh, you know, who you pay and how much and why. But Bob Quinn, I mean, this guy, he's done really well by putting the Lions in a position to be able to have a good salary cap situation. But I got to say, sometimes he just is too tight or waits too long or, you know, isn't willing to take a risk. I mean, that's what frustrates me. Like, when, when are you going to take a, a swing on somebody and try to get us over the hump here? This guy really would have helped. I, the Lions, I think, feel like they're just going to be able to somehow rush the passer, but they have, you know, uh, very few guys to do it. So I, I don't know what they're thinking there. So Well, Derek, like we've talked about on the other shows, the thing is, <laughs> You can't have a great secondary without a superb defensive line. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's only how I many, there's only a few seconds you can cover. You know, if the guy's not gonna be on top of the quarterback or during their nil, the quarterback. I mean, it's lonely being in that, in that secondary all by yourself. And I'm glad you bring that up because we're gonna talk about that here in a, in a little bit about how, how the. You know, pass rush helps the secondary. Secondary helps the pass rush. I mean, that's going to be a big thing for the Lions this year. I think no doubt about it. So, Benny, this week the uh, Lions, uh, they actually got to some practice. I mean, we're about to talk about practice, Benny. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. The famous AI quote. We're talking about practice here on the show. And... DeAndre Swift is balling out in practice, the rookie from Georgia. I mean, I see clips every day of Marvin Jones catching touchdowns, Kenny Galladay, TJ Hawkinson. I mean, they seem to really be playing well. I'm hearing good things about, um, you know, Tracy Walker, guys on the defense. I mean, it's just great to finally see these guys in pads, uh, full pads, having legit practices uh, about time. Legalized walkthrough, right? <laughs> no, we we're past. The, oh, I'm uh... sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I I had a flashback for a moment because uh, whoo. Th- these I these aren't the walkthroughs. This is legit practice. I, we're talking about practice. Yeah, <laughs> they're but, actually yeah, like, hitting like people. The... Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sort of. I mean, it, it's not your day, but it's something. <laughs> uh, it, it, I look. In in, in, in in all fairness, in today's game, you're right. It, it is full practice. Because, see, I keep reminiscing about my first year going to lacrosse, Wisconsin, scrimmaging against the New Orleans Saints. Hey, I figured, you know, hey, I'm a hot shot rookie. And who do, who do I have to go and face? Day in and day out, and special teams practice. No, no, nonetheless, special teams. Ricky Jackson, Pat Swilling, they had their linebackers as um, punt protectors, and they would tell me every single practice, "Hey, look, Rook, we ain't going fast now." So, <laughs> what would I do? Speed around the corner real fast, making them look bad. Man, Ricky. Ricky Jackson picked me up by my throat. He said, I told you, we ain't going that fast. So, 
that let me know right then that uh, hey, when you become a veteran in the game, there's a difference between rookies and veterans. Today's practices are like we used to practice as veterans. The rookie is gonna learn real quick. The tempo may be fast, but it's a rookie's. I mean, it's a veteran's fast. Ain't no all that trying to hit each other real hard. No, 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 no. You got to save all that in today's game for the real game. So what AI said, practice? Really? Do they really call this practice? I understand that it is practice, but are they really practicing? It's ain't like I, and that's why I said it's a fast walkthrough because you ain't really getting to hit nobody. So, of course, they're looking real good in practice, catching the ball. In front of the secondary because you can't hit them. Well, I, I'm glad you bring that up because that's a that's a good follow up for me. Like, how, how do you work that delicate balance between? We always hear all the time, uh, oh, this guy, you know, he practices just like the games, or practice. You got to practice your tail off to be able to 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 be good in the games. You said that here on the show, but now you also tell me, which we know is true, that you know, hey, certain veterans, certain players. Hey, hey, they're not trying to go all out. They're not trying to get busted up, you know, on, on a Wednesday. So uh, how, how do you work that? How, how do you work the two between respecting your teammates and also, you know, working as hard as you can every day? Well, see, I can tell you about old school, but I want to bring to the new school right now. Um, I have conversations and I, and I watch some of these young guys that practice even on the off season, and they 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 come out to my park and they tell me all the time, Blades, we don't mind going to training camp. Training camp is just like it is right now when I'm out here warming up and I'm practicing out here with you, because defensive backs, even with tackling drills, they can't take the guys to the ground, so it's like a pat on the butt just to let them know, oh, I'm here. But I, I tell them all the time. When you practice bad habits, you get in the game and those bad habits somehow creep right into the way you practice. That's why I, I, I loved the uh, 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s where practice was just that. You really hit each other to let guys know that you're not going to just catch the ball and nobody's going to lay a lick on you. That's not how the game, well, that's not how practice is supposed to be. And that's why you see a lot of guys, they, they, they get into the games nowadays, and they're not used to that thud, what we call. And then when they get hit, the ball gets jarred loose because they're not getting used to getting hit during practice. So those things go hand in hand. It's like you have to be used to getting hit. Once you catch the ball, boom, there's a thud that's going to come with catching the ball. But if you're just going to go through a, a fast-paced walkthrough where these guys are not used to, you know, just running up and touching the guy on the butt, oh, I, I was there. How do you know you were there? I want guys to go through, if, you, if it's an interception, go through the guy and try to get the interception. Oh, well, he, he just happened to get hit by my shoulder on the way for me getting the interception. Those things happen. You can't practice, well, let me lay off 
as a defender and let him catch the ball. You're going to start, in your mind, start saying, well, I don't want to get that flag, so let me lay off and let him catch the ball. Oh, ooh. See, that's why we got to be real careful of, 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 of how we practice and how we play. Those things seem to, you know, go coincide, you know, day in and day out. Yeah, I think it's got to be really tough to, you know, find that middle ground because you, you got these rookies coming in that want to prove themselves and you, you're, you're, you're having like one-on-ones where linebackers uh, are coming at these running backs. I mean, how are you supposed to go half speed and prove yourself but also like not get blown up and I don't know. It's just got to be tough. So I, I know what you're saying. Like it's – it's a different game these days, but I think for years and years now you hear these stories about how vets will say, hey, take it easy. We, we, we don't do that, you know, on a, on a Tuesday walkthrough or a, or a practice day. But, you know, like you say, you, you also got to you got to bring it like you're saying. If you, if you don't bring it, how are you going to yeah. you going to show up big on game day? I, I don't know. Yeah, it's I, tell, be tough. I, I tell people all the time, how does an offensive lineman or defensive lineman, for that matter, practice physicality? If you're not being physical in practice, right? How, how do you do that? Because you're talking about six foot five, six foot six, two eighty to three hundred and ten pound guys that are not getting really pushed around in practice, and all of a sudden game day, you got that guy on the opposing team. He's ready to choke you to next week. He don't care <laughs> nothing about you. And so if you haven't really done that in practice, you're like, man, wait a minute. This guy really choking me, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I, I, look, I, I even tell my grandkids, my job is not to let you win nothing. I don't care if we're playing checkers or we running to go to get the mail from the mailbox. I'm not. My job is not to let you win. And so I, – how, how do you do that? And that's why it, it, it's amazing to me. And Derek, don't don't get me wrong. I take yeah. my I take my hat off to a, you know today's game because when you have old school coaches who are used to old school players, but then they have to modernize the way they talk to the kids in today's game, and then you say, okay, well look, oh man. I really want these guys to really get after each other, but, you know, the way the collective bargaining agreement reads, if I do, I lose my job, you know, because these guys really can't hit each other but X amount of days throughout the whole season. And, that, I mean, that's that, that's crazy. So you have to limit all of that. All of that comes into play even when you're coaching. No doubt. Uh, let's finish the practice thing on this. So you came in the league and the guys, you know, told you, hey, hey, Rook, like, uh, you know, watch this or we don't do it this way. But you've said many times on the show, you just said it, that you're all about winning. You, you're you all about bringing it. Like, did you did you just say, forget it, I'm just going to play hard all the time? Or did you yeah. uh, did you end up being, being that vet that was like, hey, hold up now. Uh, no, new, you know, new, new cats. even – don't do that. <laughs> Even my sixth, seventh, eighth year in the league in Detroit. Even you know coming off of injuries and stuff like that, I knew. 
I mean, even the coaches, it was like, okay, Ben, set out a few players. Because if I was going in, I'm going to give you 100. Right. Because I, my, my game was not predicated on the X's and O's. I played a game of physicality. And physicality, you have to practice that. That's, that's it's not something on, on game day. You're going to say, oh, I'm just going to turn the switch on, and now I'm, I'm going to be physical. And one-on-ones, I need to get be up and close so I can know I, I got to get my hands in your, in, your, in your breastplate and press you and move you the way I want you to go. You can't be – no, I mean, look, just certain things just don't don't go. I mean, even when I was getting choked out, you know, as, as a rookie, you know, by the <laughs> – by the, the greatest linebacker that played for the Saints, Ricky Jackson, I still, I had, even to this day, I still let Ricky know, look, man, I was trying to earn a spot. Right. Just because, you know, I was the third pick. I, I didn't know any, any other way. So, I mean, I just kept bringing it. And, he, hey, man, I'm telling you, we don't practice like that. But, you know, I, when you coming from Miami, you don't, you don't, you didn't, I didn't know any other way. I'm sorry. <laughs> Benny, I'm glad we're about to take our break, get our great sponsors in here, but I'm glad you happened to mention uh, you got them in before the first half of the show, and you know what that is. <laughs> the you, baby. It's you, you had to get it in, so uh, good good stuff there. Um, let, let's go ahead and take our break, get our sponsors in here. Before we do that, I just want to remind people, please uh, go give Benny Blades a follow on his social medias, uh, BennyBlades36, as well as you can find me on Twitter and different uh, platforms at Derek Oakry, D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. Also, we want to remind you to hit subscribe here on uh, your favorite podcast platform so the show will show right up uh, on Thursday morning when it drops. Uh, definitely do that. We appreciate all the support from everybody. Uh, we're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the different podcast platforms you want. So we'll go ahead and get our sponsor in here. And, Benny, come back. Let's talk some defense when we come back from the break. All right. Everybody, we'll be right back. What's going on, Believe in Lions listeners? Now, I got a question for you. What's the number one sign of a bad home security system? A home security system that's so complicated, you never use it. That's exactly the type of system Simply Safe has spent a decade fighting against. Simply Safe was designed to be easy to use while protecting your whole home 24/7. Order online, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. It's that simple. Head to simplysafe.com/team and get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com/team. It feels good to fear less. Everybody, we're back from the break. Thanks so much for supporting the show. Listen to our sponsors. I got the one and only Benny Blades uh, from The U, uh, as well as the Detroit Lions here on Believe in Lions. So, Benny, we got to talk some defense. I mean, I want to talk to you about... uh, you know, the Lions, they had no pass rush last year. I'm talking no pass rush. We couldn't get after the quarterback worth anything. They're just standing back there. They got all day. That killed the secondary. Talk to me a little bit about 
you know, you hear Deion Sanders say, you know, the front end and the back end have to work together and, you know, uh, how all that works. Uh, how, how important is that rush so that you guys don't have to cover for five, six, seven seconds back there? The greatest of corners and the greatest of safeties will tell you, without an edge rusher, greatness doesn't come. All of the Hall of Famers that you that have made it as a cornerback in the NFL, the correlation is there. They had great pass rushers. You just mentioned one one of the best, in my opinion, who's played the game at cornerback, Deion Sanders. Deion will let you know, and wherever he went, whether it be in Atlanta, okay, whether it be in Dallas, San Francisco, he always had great edge rushers because you can run a 4-1-2 you can run a 4-8 you can't cover forever and people seem to think oh well he's getting paid a lot of money his physical status is there he has all the attributes of being one of the great ones but he's covering for four, five, six, seven. Oh my gosh. When a guy can run two, three different routes on you and the ball still has not been thrown, that's that's tough. And so those two people, no matter what anybody will tell you, a defensive end and a cornerback should be the, the two best friends on the team because they, they go hand in hand. Just like when we talk about safeties. I used to tell people all the time, the corners and my linebackers are my best friends. Why? Because I want to make sure the corners look good, whether it be we be in zone or man. And my linebackers, bruh, if, if you ain't stopping them on run support, that means I got to make a gang of tackles. And that's, that's, that's not what you know it, it's supposed to be. Your linebackers are, are supposed to be all your run stoppers. Your defensive ends are supposed to get the majority of your sacks. And your corners are going to get the majority of your interceptions. Yeah. It, you know, the Lions right now, I mean, Matt Patricia going all the way back to how the Patriots do it. They, they like to say they work, you know, back to front where – they're trying to have good corner safeties and not worry as much about having edge rushers or defensive tackles that can get pressure. That's all fine and well if that's your philosophy to some degree, but you can't ignore it completely. And, I mean, we're going to talk about Trey Flowers here in a little bit, but they have him. He's a good football player, but to not have a lot of other dynamic pieces I think is still a big issue for the team. And I do like their their coverage now. I think they're young in certain areas. They've got a couple vets that are nice. So I think they will have better coverage units. But I totally agree with you. Like, you can't just uh, totally rely on that and, and act like, oh, we, we don't need anybody to get after the quarterback. We'll just cover really well because it doesn't work that way. So we'll, we'll see how it, it works out for them in 2020. But I think they still need some rush. Or they need a couple of these young guys to come along so that – you can get these quarterbacks uncomfortable because last year they were just sitting back there slicing and dicing uh, the Lions' defense, no doubt about it. And that, that's what happens. When you don't have a quarterback that dreads playing the Lions, 
You know what I mean? You want somebody that's going to come in there and he knows he has to have happy feet. That's what we used to call him. If that quarterback ain't got happy feet, he knows he has that internal clock. One, two, three, let me get up out of this pocket because somebody's coming around that corner to ear hold me. Yep. No doubt about it. Now, that that brings me to a good uh, question here I got for you. So, Benny, you were you were a beast on defense. We talk about it. You, you made plays. You were a tough guy back there. If you had your choice, would you rather get an interception, a fumble recovery, a sack, take one to the heezy for a touchdown, or would you like a big hit where you just take somebody out? If you could only pick one, which one would you want to have? Why, why, why? Look, I, I played this game. I've had fumble recoveries. I've caused fumbles. I've had an interception um, for a touchdown. But nothing in the game sets the tone like a knockout hit. When you <laughs> when you feel the guy snot bubble come out of his helmet. I mean, you can actually feel it when you get one of those good shots where it's like, ooh. <laughs> Man, it, there's nothing like it. It just changed the whole momentum of the game. People always say, well, look, why don't you just try to just get an interception? I can get an interception, but if I make him keep thinking in, 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 in the corner of his eye, where, where that number 36 at? Uh, throw me the ball to the outside. Just don't leave me too much over the middle. <laughs> that, uh, people knew me at the U because I wanted to get to the NFL, so I had to get the interceptions. But when I got to Detroit, like I said, I, I became a run stopper, a thumper, and anywhere the team needed me. So... I changed my whole philosophy of how I played the game. I didn't want any more interceptions. I wanted to make you hurt. So I was, if I, was, I had to pick one, I'm 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 picking that 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 knockout hit. I was hoping you'd pick that. Uh, I love what you say too because the other ones, uh, you know, are kind of one play in a football game. You know, um, you know, of course, a touchdown or a pick, you know, is a big play. But a big hit can last for four quarters where guys just got his head on a swivel going, man, I, I don't want to deal with uh, 36 again for the, for the next uh, rest of the game. So I, I yeah, agree yeah, that yeah. that's the physical yeah, play on. that makes a difference. Derek, think about in today's game. If these guys really, 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 really were able to, to take a shot, a legal shot, and they hit a guy crisply, the game would, would change. Those guys wouldn't be running across that middle so fast, would they? They'd be like, hold up, hold up, no, 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 no. I see Tracy Walker back there, but the game is different now. So these guys, what, they look for the interceptions because you, you can't really hit them. So I, I might as well go for the interception. But I guarantee you, man per man who's playing in this game as a safety, he'll tell you, in the first quarter, let me let me take this shot because the rest of the game he's gonna be like, no, 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 bro, bro. I see him back there. Don't throw that ball across the middle. You don't see that man sitting back there. <laughs> and that, that's how receivers talk to quarterbacks. Look, throw me the ball 
on a post corner to where I'm going away from the safety. Nobody wants to get hit by safeties in the, in the league. They just don't. Benny, I got a feeling your pocketbook would have been a little bit lighter if you played in today's game with uh, some fines you might have been receiving as well. as I, I don't know you would have made it through a few football games with the way you laid the lumber on people. You might have had an early exit in a few ball games, but they still no, would have no, loved you I, in Detroit. I, I wouldn't have made it. I would have been playing for free. I'd just been playing for the, you know, the fact that, look, I'm the intimidator. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no doubt about it. That's why Detroit loves you so uh Good stuff there. Um, let me ask you this. This is uh, one I'm interested in as well. Do you have a story where you felt like your defense was just untouchable? You know, everything was working. You'd show up on a Sunday or if you want to talk about, I don't know, the you that maybe on a Saturday, like you, you just said, hey, it doesn't matter who we're playing, what they do. We're coming in here. We're going to dominate on defense. They're not going to move the football. They're not going to score points. They're not going to do anything. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you have a couple moments where you could tell us about when your defense is firing all cylinders. I'm going to go from the Lions back to my beloved you, okay? All right. Now, we were playing the Minnesota Vikings. I want to say that that might have been – Thanksgiving Day, and we just knew defensively we didn't we didn't give up, but uh, maybe one or two first downs in three quarters. We just had everything clicking on every cylinder that day, and when when you're playing like that, man, we you know the offense was really sputtering that day. Because, I mean, it was a short week, and everybody knew number 20 was going to get the ball 92% of the time. So they stacked the box. And it was just one of those days where it was just a defensive game. They wouldn't give up anything on defense, and we sure couldn't give up anything on defense. I mean, we just it was just one of those games. You didn't even go to the bench. You just kneeled on the sideline and you just waited because we just knew. I mean – as great as Minnesota was that day, they had Anthony Carter, Jake Reed, um, oh, what's the other Carter? And, but we just knew. We just dominated them. Jerry Ball dominated up front. Chris Spielman was a tackling machine that day in our secondary. I tell you what, we 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 played lights out. And so those those games like that you remember. Because it's not not very many games you're gonna hold down a high potent offense like Minnesota had back in those days, you know. Let, so, let me ask you a quick follow up. Did uh -huh. you did you know or were you confident because you had played well the past you know x amount of weeks or because your talent was so much better or or why did you have such a dominant you know performance or know that you were gonna just take it to them you know on on that particular day or well, what was it? You know, I, I think what happened that day was that we had lost to them up in in, in, the, in the Metrodome a little earlier in that that season, and we knew we shouldn't have lost that game. So the coaches put together one heck of a defensive game plan, and when you know going in, like I told you, defensively. You're playing a chess game with the offensive coordinator. And the chess game that our defensive coordinator put together was 
spot on. Everything that he said they were going to do, they were doing it. So it's like, man, okay, this down right here, they're going to run the ball off tackle right. So you would just see them line up in that formation and everybody would run over because <laughs> it was just so pre precise that day. And you don't you don't get very many days to where everything just aligns the way it should. I mean, it, 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 was, it was crazy. That was probably that the only game that I can remember, you know, everything just lined up perfectly for us. Except for that 58-0 thumping that we gave Notre Dame when I was at the U, baby. You know I got to bring that in. <laughs> All right, talk about that. That's uh, that's because, big time right there. Oh, that was, man, look, I'm going to tell you how, how epic that was because when you're playing Notre Dame, everybody thinks what? Uh, they're the great Irish. You know, they were the Catholics and we were the convicts. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Johnson told us, guys, go out and have fun. Dance, party, do whatever you want to do, but just let them know you were. They were playing in our house. Come on, you couldn't come to the Orange Bowl. We knew going into warmups. Here's how we came out of warmups. <laughs> they warmed up on the opposing where we come out of the locker room. They 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 were on our end of the field. This is how much disrespect they had for us. We ran straight through their warm-ups to the other end because they were supposed to be on the other end. And we just stopped in the middle of their warm-ups and say, you know y'all didn't get a kick in the day. <laughs> they were like, nah, nah, nah. You know, they that little woofing before the game. Yeah. When the game started, there was so much butt kicking out there that day. It was like, by the third quarter, I don't even think I saw the field. I was like, bro, this is what defensive football is supposed to be like, to where they couldn't move the ball. That That's tremendous. I know you had that in your back pocket for a while, so I'm glad we uh, we got to hear that story from you because that, that's a classic story from the U. No doubt about it. Uh, great, great stuff there. I the reason I asked my follow-up is because I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how the Lions get to that point where, you know, is it going to take like multiple games on D where they're just falling out to where they just know they're better than their opponents? Is it going to take, you know, having a couple more blue chip guys, you know, whether it be pass rush like we talked about earlier or, you know, they got some cover corners now that might be better than they have had in the past. Is that going to get them over the hump? Because you, you got to just come into the game and know that, that, you know the team the team's not going to put up 30 against you you're going to hold them down inside the you know inside 20 or less and give your offense a chance to win the ball game so hopefully hopefully we'll see that this year you know i'm still waiting to um have that feeling with this team where hey our, our defense is something to deal with and uh that's why we're talking about it on the show today because i think it's the most important thing with the lions is the defensive side of the ball and where they come out this year everybody feels pretty good about the offense and uh i definitely like your story from miami about uh just coming in somebody thinks they're better than you but you just taking it to them that's uh that's a that's a great story right there benny 
we we got this guy named Trey Flowers. We signed him last year from the page. I don't think we've talked about this again. I, I got three podcasts a week on the Lions, so we may have talked about Trey Flowers <laughs> before. I think we talked about uh, Jamie Collins more so about him coming in and him getting paid. But Trey Flowers, you know, came in last year, 18 million bucks a year over five years. I mean, I I'd say he's a good player, meaning like he's got size, he plays the run, he can get after the quarterback, he's got long arms, um, he's a hard worker, you know, all that all that type of stuff. He wasn't a high first round pick. I, I say he's not a stats guy because he's not going to get you 20 sacks a year. But my question to you is, when a guy gets paid that type of money, um, do you think the contract impacts the player in regards to expectations, both with his teammates and the fans? Well, it all, all depends on the, on the position. Now, if uh, Mr. Flowers is, is a defensive tackle, he's not going to have the stats a defensive end would have. So, you know, he'll show up in the, in the, in the box scores very limited, but his play on the field, you know, makes everybody around him better. And so you don't, you don't get those guys – that are defensive tackles that make impacts. Let me, let me stop you though, real quick. Uh, Trey is a, is a defensive end, no doubt about it. He okay. plays out on the edge. He also is a our top paid defender. He's also probably the best overall defender, I'd say, on the Detroit Lions, uh, based on bringing him in last year. So that that's why I'm curious on expectations. He plays a premier position. He's the top well. paid guy. He also is uh, probably the, the most physical, physically gifted player in, in some ways. You know, he's just not a freaky, bendy athlete, but I'd say he's he's the best guy we got over there. So, um, well, you know, what, what there's high expectations. In, in, in that, look, if – Khalil Mack was at the Detroit Lions instead of the Chicago Bears. What would be what would be your expectations? At least double digit sacks every year, right? Because you can you can pay the money to do what? To be the sack machine. Yep. And that that's clearly what you know what we've been talking about in, in today's show. If you're getting paid in the big do- dollar amount then you're going to be, the expectation is going to be there that you're going to show the organization, you're going to show the fans, and you're going to show your teammates as well why you command and demand the top dollar. Do, do you think Joey Bosa for, from the Chargers, they didn't pay him that money to not be productive. They saw the, 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 the future in double sacks, double-digit sacks every year. I'm not going to pay you 18, well, 15, 16, 17, $18 million a year to not get double-digit sacks. No. Because <laughs> most times, like you say, when you're a defensive tackle, most times, I mean, well, defensive end, because the tackles get double teamed most of the times if if you got a good one there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you got a good defensive end, he may get chipped on a, on on occasions. But I always go back to why I know we're talking about Mr. Flowers, but I always go back and I watched the Super Bowl even when the Super Bowl was over because I mentor the kids who play the game. 
and I kept slowing it down. I said, watch Joey Boza. When a, when a team has the game plan to go away from you because they know you're a disruptive factor in a ball game, that speaks volumes. That speaks volumes, and that's why they had to pay him the big money. They couldn't have, couldn't afford him to be a free agent because somebody was going to give him the money. Now, according to Mr. Flowers, I'm, I'm sure, speaking from a former player, that everybody in that locker room, yeah, they're going to look at him and say, okay, look, for an office paid you, and, you know, how many sacks did he have last year, Derek? Gosh, I I don't have it in front of me. I want to say he he was under he was under double digits, but he had some he had some injuries. Started a little bit slow. I think he had eight yeah. somewhere in that range. And see, and, and here's here's what happens when you, when you talk about salary caps and you talk about payroll and you talk about guys, you know, presence on the field. Uh, when a guy when 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 a, when another guy who's up for contract. He's his agent and himself is going to look at that and say, "Well, my guy has average double-digit sacks during the same years he has not been averaging double-digit sacks." So, I want, well, I'm going to demand and command the same dollar amount that he's getting, or a little bit better. See, that, that, that's what happens in the locker room. You, you start to watch what other guys get. And so don't I don't care what anybody tells you about guys not watching what guys around the leagues are making. You you don't think the agents that they watch, okay, uh, my guy had 20 sacks, Khalil Mack had 15. But Khalil Mack has been disruptive since he's got into the league. But He's going to ask for that amount because why? His guy bettered what Khalil Mack had done. And so that's his job to ask for more than what because they look at the stats. So if he doesn't have double-digit sacks this year, people are going to start to question, you know, they look, as a player, former player, when you look around the locker room, I – I'm just speaking for myself. I don't care if you got a you know slight little hammy, Bruh, We paying you a lot of money. I, I need them sacks. <laughs> well, yeah. that, that's why I asked you because like I, based on, <laughs> based on a previous show where everybody should go back in the archives and listen, where you dropped a gem. It went something like this: this "Is my best Benny Blades impression." You were talking about uh, <laughs> after a game, and it went something like this. I don't know why you go into the pay window when you didn't do nothing. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> like, uh, that's what I thought is that you probably do have the expectation of a guy like this, but this is my counterpoint. So I'm, I'm looking at his numbers. I pulled it up here in 2019. He had 51 combined tackles, seven sacks. You know, again, he's coming off a shoulder injury, but like you say, that check is clearing at 18 million. He's the top paid player. He's the big free agent. So, but but here's my counter. Many is like this is what I'm saying about this guy. Like you need to focus on this guy this year because, I mean, he's six two, two hundred seventy five plus pounds. 
He's a hard worker. He's a really good guy on and off the field. He's a great guy to add to the team. But like you say, when people are going to focus just on stats, I mean, there was people after his first couple games saying, ah, you know, Trey Flowers, he, he doesn't, he's overpaid, he doesn't have it, where they don't look at all the other circumstances like, hey, he's new to the team. He's coming off a little bit of an injury. He's here for four more years, so I want to see what he does during those four years before I sort of you know, make a total determination. But I agree with people, too, that, yeah, I need a little more production than seven sacks and 50 tackles. But he, he impacted the game a lot when I watched it in regards to pressures, getting after the quarterback. So I, I think you're right when you say his teammates and fans can have expectations based on what he's getting paid. But I don't think it's a, hey, how many sacks you get? okay, that's good, or nope, that's not enough. I think that it's all about how he plays, how he is in the locker room, what he brings to the team. Lots of other factors come into it, I think. I I, I understand all of that wholeheartedly, Derek. I really do. I understand that. But salaries are paid by who? I, I understand the Detroit Lions pay a salary. But without the TV revenues and the people showing up to the games – those revenues would be minuscule like when I was playing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we have to understand the expectations that are out there for those hardworking fans that show up week in and week out. They have nothing else. The Detroit Lions have the most loyal fans in the NFL. I tell people you can go on 16 or 16 and 0, and they're going to show up faithfully every Sunday Every Monday, it doesn't matter. They're going to show up. So they have that right to say, wait a minute. I'm paying, let's say hypothetically, on the low end, $110 a game to come in here and watch you perform. Uh, give the people what, 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 what they've spent their hard, hard-earned money on performance yeah that's that's all i tell people it it, it ain't about sometimes yeah it doesn't show up in the in the the scorebooks of your contribution to the game but the people who are watching it who are really diehard fans they know oh my god this guy hasn't gotten any pressure all game (laughs) they know that it may not be a sack but they know that you're there Every time he gets ready to throw the ball, you're one step away. They they know all of that. You know, those things may not show up, but the fans, I mean, people always think, okay, the fans ain't going to know, but they do know. They know just like management knows. Yeah, it's, so, a good, it's a good point by you. And also, like I said, that's why I'm bringing him up is he he's not that flashy player that's going to make a bunch of incredible plays. He's not going to be dancing after a sack. You know, he, he doesn't have that type of, of swag or, or excitement for, for fans. But I think, like you say, the people that know football and the Detroit Lions, Bob Quinn, Matt Patricia, love a guy like this. I mean, they they don't mind paying him $18 million based on what he does, you know, in their scheme as well as, you know, as a leader, a quiet leader and, and things like that. That, but, you know, a little more production, a little more uh, dominance, you know, is going to be key here in 2020, 2021, mm-hmm. you know, the next couple years of his contract, no doubt about it. Let, 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 me, let me say this real quick, Derek, and that's why I won't, I won't question Matt Patricia, okay? Because I've watched him build a defense 
in New England. Ty Law was there before Willis McGinnis got there. Willis McGinnis is probably a defensive end that a lot of people around the league has never heard of because he wasn't that stat guy, but every he made more disruption along that defensive line by him being a defensive end. I mean, he'd be one or two steps away every single play, you, you know, and those are the guys you need not only on the football field but in the locker room. And so Matt, I'm sure – see something in this young man because Matt, like I said, he brought in guys like Willie McGinnis, you know, over to the New England Patriots. And so you know, that's what you need. I'm, I'm not going to knock Mr. Flowers, but I am going to watch his game a little bit more this yep. year. See, because like I said, his correlation will go hand in hand with the third pick in the draft, Mr. Okuda. Yep. They're going to be tied together. Yep, th- those are the those are the two key pieces, no doubt about it, for now and in the future. And I like how you bring up Willie McGinnis because I think he is a similar type player to Flowers. You know, McGinnis a little bit more of a move linebacker. You know, more like Jamie Collins will probably be in the scheme. But I think you know Trey Flowers and Willie McGinnis have similar you know physical traits as well as you know personality. So I think that's a good comparison as well. I think he could be that type of player in the long run. You know, he's only played basically 3 quarters of a season for the team. So I always tell people, "Hey, hold up now. Let's see what he's got in year 2. Let's uh let's give him a little bit of rope before we just write his story right away." So Benny, uh you know, I want to finish it out with this. You know, we talked about Trey Flowers. We've hinted on Tracy Walker. We got Jamie Collins. You just brought up the Rook, Jeff Okuda, uh, the veteran, Deron Harmon, Jelani Tavai, Jared Davis. You know, some of these players that we've already talked about in previous episodes are kind of the, the core people on this defense. Like, my question to you, I know that you're excited to watch this team this year and see what they got and, and kind of key in on some people a little bit more than uh, maybe you had previously, but... You know, based on those type of players, again, those aren't household names. Those aren't all pros. Those aren't guys that have done it for years and years and years. But, you know, I, those are guys I like as, as quality football players. Like, are those guys and the support pieces the Lions have on defense, is that going to be enough to have a solid, impactful, exciting defense in 2020? What do you think? I, I, I'm i going to give them a nod. I, I think they, those guys will come around this year and – and show the 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 Honolulu Honolulu blue and silver faithful that they they can be a defense that's going to give us what what we need to make it to the playoffs because I I tell people all the time people like flash and dash of the offense but if you don't have a solid defense defense wins games. Mm-hmm. You know, people say what they want to say. You can have all the flash and dash and put up 40, 50 points on the scoreboard. But if the other team outscores you, it means nothing. You got to have a rock-solid defense. And I, and I think the guys that you named, Derek, will definitely come to play this year. And like I said, I'll be watching a lot of those guys you named. I'll be watching them a little bit closely this year because I really, 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 really – Want to see Mr. Flowers stay on the stay on the field? You know, I, I injuries happen. I want to see him stay on the field because, like I, I'm gonna keep saying, 
him and that third pick, Mr. Okuda, they're going to be tied together for a lot of years to come. And so they they really ought to get to know each other on and off the field and build a, a bond because that defense is, is going to go according to how they go. I mean, Trey, Tracy may be you know, you know, your thumper in the secondary, but if, if your corners aren't really covering people, it, it, it really don't matter. Because who made Benny Blades uh, a great safety was the Ray Carrockets, the Mel Jenkins, the Terry Taylors, you know, those, those guys who didn't really get any notoriety, but they were solid, great players. Yeah, defensive end, corner, the – they're definitely going to be tied together. They're definitely going to be impact guys. How quickly as well as, you know, like I say, they got to put it all together this year. So, Benny, I can't wait to hear you break down games and we actually have like, hey, let's talk about this play or, hey, what did you notice from them on, on the last few weeks? You know, you're really going to have some great insight, I'm sure, once we actually get football back. But, That's Benny, it, right. sounds, it sounds to me like you B-L-E-A-V in the Detroit Lions and their defense this year. Am I right? You're not saying it right, Derek. <laughs> I not only love the Lions, I B L E A V. I believe in them so much that it hurts, baby. It hurts. <laughs> Those are my Lions. I believe in them day in and day out. I just believe in the Lions. We believe in the Lions here on the show. So, Benny, good stuff. Uh, I was really excited to do an all-defensive show. You you brought some great stories. We we had some good discussions about players. I mean, gosh, we, we got two to three weeks before games. I feel like I say it every week. It's, it's creeping along, but it, it can't come soon enough with everything we've been through here in 2020. So, uh, thank you First again. First game is for, what? September 7th, right? Uh, 13th. 13th? Yep. yep. I, I oh, believe that's okay. that uh, – that's that Sunday. I mean, less less than a month. I think, like I said, I think it was 25 days before we got recording. Uh, the first NFL game will be on that Thursday, the 10th. Um, you know, when the World Champs kick it off, and we'll we'll play the Chicago Bears that Sunday. So, can't can't wait to do it. Uh, loved what you brought to the show today. Another great podcast. I know the fans have been absolutely loving. You know what you've been bringing and what we've been bringing here on the show. So we believe in the Detroit Lions, and and I know they do as well. So, uh, Benny, thanks again. We'll catch you uh, next week right here on Believe in Lions. Thanks everybody. Take care. We're out. I believe. I believe. I believe. If I can get respect from these guys, I'm a darn well get respect, and I'm gonna demand the respect from anyone else. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.